Welcome to Session 6 in the Finger Lakes Geriatric Education Center's Promoting Pain Self-Management Program. This session addresses the use of activity pacing as a self-management tool. Oftentimes people who have pain tend to stop doing activities that cause that pain. This is logical enough and follows the traditional joke line. Doctor, it hurts when I do this. To which the doctor replies, well then don't do that. Now this isn't so funny when many things hurt, and research has documented the adverse effects of restricting activities due to pain. Gradually the patient becomes physically weaker and weaker due to inactivity. This makes him or her more susceptible to injuries, which may lead to more pain, more activity restriction, more weakness, and so on. Add to this the psychological and social impacts of restricting activities, and we have created the ongoing pain cycle. Let's think about activity pacing another way. We all have good days and bad days. When we come upon a good day, we often want to get as much done as possible. This often leads to overdoing it, with soreness and pain later in the day or the next day. It often takes a long period of restricted activity to recover from flared up pain. We need to avoid the flare-ups and stay away from the escalating pain cycle. The idea behind time-based pacing is a simple one. Stop doing an activity before the pain starts to escalate. Rest for a bit and then go back at it. Over time, we want to strive for increasing the amount of time that can be spent on a task before the pain sets in. This prevents the situation of having periods of overactivity or underactivity. It requires a bit of structure, but pays off over time. Start by discussing the notion of pain being at a steady state, and then with activity gradually increasing to a point, and then with continued activity flaring up dramatically. You may wish to draw this out in a graph format, with pain intensity on the y-axis and time along the x-axis. Note a danger zone, the time when the pain starts to increase before it gets out of control. Next, help your patient pick an activity that is done regularly that causes some pain. Walking is a common one. Others may include sitting, shopping, or household chores. Have the patient estimate how long the activity can be done before the pain begins to increase. This is the comfort time or activity time. It is important to try to find a time before the pain escalates. It may actually help to time it over the course of a few days. Then have the patient think through how to make the activity time work. Let's say the patient's back and leg pain flare up when walking and she can only walk for six minutes before the pain starts to increase. When she grocery shops, it usually takes about 30 minutes, so shopping needs to be planned in six-minute intervals. Is there a bench where she can sit to rest at the six-minute point? A few minutes resting before the pain starts up is much better than trying to get the whole trip done and letting the pain take control. Often there are places to rest in stores. For example, there are often chairs by a pharmacy. 
Of course, rolling walkers with seats provide an excellent option as well. Just be sure to use the brakes. This is the basic format for time-based pacing, but there is another element that is important. Gradually, over time, the patient should increase the active time. A good rule of thumb is to stick with the base active time for three days. Increase it slightly for another three days without increasing the amount of time spent resting. Increasing slightly every three days will build up endurance and make tasks more efficient. The downloadable patient files include a worksheet that can be used to plan activity pacing. It takes discipline to complete this type of paperwork, but advanced planning pays off in the long run. As mentioned in previous sessions, checking in with the patient from time to time holds her accountable for keeping up with the program. If possible, encourage the patient's family or friends to learn more about these pain management strategies. They can help the patient stick with the program over the long term. I hope you have learned some strategies that you will find helpful in working with your patients who have pain problems. There are a variety of tools that you have learned and you can share these with patients to improve their quality of life. Prior work with pain self-management strategies has revealed that different patients respond to different strategies, but it is often difficult to determine at the outset which techniques will work best for each individual. Therefore, if time allows, I recommend that you consider teaching patients all of the techniques in this program and allow the patient to find the ones that work best. Thank you for your interest in the Finger Lakes Geriatric Education Center's Promoting Pain Self-Management Program.